All right. It is first and moose week th- 13. Almost said week three, but week 13 recap Connor, Manny, and Patrick. Pretty good week. Pretty exciting week. But I thought we could start off with a pretty fun game. I think Manny's going to like where we're starting. Steelers, Ravens, 2019 win by the Steelers. What do you guys make of that last play? I I don't know. I, I think I like it because it's one of those things where you, you got to like Harbaugh in those situations. But obviously, if I was a coach, I would probably just go for the tie. But Harbaugh seems like he's not a go-for-the-tie kind of guy. He goes for the win. But in that situation, Manny, did you think they were going to win the game? Or what were your thoughts as a Steelers fan? Yeah, well, first I was probably just as surprised. Um, I did not think they were going to go for two. And when they did, I f- when they decided to go for two, I thought we were going to lose the game automatically. I just thought they were – whenever your team's trying to defend a two-point conversion for the for the other team to win, it always looks a lot more closer than it actually is. So just an initial look. And then once the play got snapped, TJ Watt got in there pretty quick. I thought he was going to sack him. But once he got the throw away, he looks, he looks as wide open as you can be on those kind of plays. And he just – barely overthrew him or just let him a little bit too far for uh, Mark Andrews not to make the catch. Um, but yeah, happy overall with the win. Um, at the end, again, touching on that last play again, it just seemed like kind of not a busted coverage, but he just seemed a lot more open than a guy should be on that kind of play. I don't know if there was, if somebody just didn't pick him up or so there was some miscommunication, but either way, I'm happy we got the win and still Lamar Jackson has yet to beat big Ben in his career. And he gets one more shot at it probably last week of the season when it'll probably be Big Ben's last game against the Ravens. I'm trying to find there's an official word on why they said they did the two-point conversion. I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of them saying that it was they lost, obviously, Marlon Humphrey. We know he's out for the season now. I think that was the reason why they had too many injured cornerbacks and they didn't want to risk um if they were if there was something where there was a hail mary um the ravens just would not have been able to have enough cornerbacks back there to protect so that's why they went for the two point i mean i'm an aggressive i'm you know with football i'm gonna be if i was a coach i'd be aggressive so i respect that he went for the two point i honestly think that mark andrews that was a big miss for him he's usually a very very good tight end usually catches pretty much everything that's thrown his way from Lamar. Uh, but that's just a, it's both ways. I mean, Lamar could have th- definitely could have thrown that a little bit better, a little bit, maybe not as far away from Mark, from Mark Andrews, but at the same time, Andrews had it in his hands and that's just, a. I mean, you know, it's, that was a tough throw, but you still got to be able to catch that. And especially in such a, you know, a, a really tough situation like that, you have to be able to make that catch. So I think it goes both ways, but I respect that Harbaugh went for it. And I guess knowing the reason why they went for it makes complete sense, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the Steelers are a team that, you know, I don't, I still don't think will be, if they make the playoffs, it'll be a first round exit. No offense to you, Manny. Uh, I don't know. I mean, even the Ravens, the Ravens are a team. I just don't, I don't know what, to do with them i think they won't make the playoffs based off the fact that their entire team is injured so we'll see but i like the aggressive move from harbaugh but you know in the end it's just unfortunate that's how it worked out a little bit closer of a pass and we could be talking about a whole different situation and obviously news broke that roethlisberger i guess told people privately that this was his last year which i I don't know. I found that odd at it. I wonder people that close to him, I, did they think before that he was coming back for another year? I feel like people last year thought it was his last year and then he, and he came back again. But do you, do you think that, uh, I don't know the, the right word, Manny, but just the idea of him putting that out into the, uh, the world that it's his last year. Do you think that's going to quote unquote help the Steelers make the playoffs this year? That's what I was going to say. I said, because for me, it doesn't really make uh, any sense to like put it out there now. I mean, I get everybody, 
almost everybody knew that this had to be his last year, just the way he's been playing and just going into this season. It was the way they structured his deal on a one-year deal and everything. So I think everybody knew it, but just for him to say it now, it seems like an odd time to just come out and say it. And I guess he did it for for the reason, like you said, Connor, to kind of like motivate them and kind of have like one last push at, um, at at least making the playoffs. So that's the reason I see it for him to bring it out now. They asked him a question about it after the game, but again, he didn't address it. Um, he said he'll address it later, but again, I think we all know that this will probably be his last year. And again, going with this last stretch of games, they got like the Vikings, the Ravens again, the Browns again, and the Chiefs and Titans. They got like the the like the top three. The, they got the top four teams yet to the, except the Patriots. They got three of the top four teams yet to play on their schedule. So, um, if it is to motivate them, this is, this would be the right time to do it against going up against the the top teams in the AFC right now. I completely agree with Manny. I think you know talking about the end of their their rest of the season schedule, it's tough. Titans are still a good team, but right now they're missing. And Julio, I mean, you obviously you're missing Garrett Henry, who, if the Titans make the playoffs, there's a real possibility Derrick Henry is back in time for the playoffs, which I hope to God because I picked him up in fantasy. And if he's back, I would be so happy. But beside the point, they're missing Derrick Henry. They're missing Julio Jones. They're missing A.J. Brown. That's your top three weapons on offense. So Ryan Tannehill is working with, you know, decent what not really that great weapons and he's still doing i think they're eight and four right now so now they're tied for number one in the afc i don't know i mean the steelers are a team that have they have good players i mean you look at it you have juju you have chase claypool those are both young play young good players i think they've released i think they don't re-sign deontay johnson after the season i think he's just too old and I think they need to find someone who's younger. Uh, I think you have to get younger at offensive line and also defensive line. I mean, you're going to lose Cam, Hay Cam Hayward in a couple of seasons, and he's really solid. I think you overall, there's a bunch of pieces on this team you have to upgrade at uh, over the offseason. Quarterback is your number one now. Uh, and, that, and I think Manny probably watched the projections for the draft. Everyone's saying that Kenny Pickett is going to stay in Pittsburgh. He's going to stay in the same training facility. I like that move, honestly. I think Kenny Pickett is a very mobile quarterback. Uh, what he did, however, with that fake slide, 100%, next time he does that, he's getting knocked out. Like, no question. It's not like it can be intentional. It's literally going to be someone's going to, like, they're just, he's going to fake slide. Someone's not, is going to commit, and he's just going to get rocked. That's just how it's going to be. But beside the point, Kenny Pickett, I think, is going to go to Pittsburgh. I like the move. Uh, I think, you know, Pittsburgh has to do whatever they can to keep Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh because I think he's a good quarterback. That's your main upgrade. You also got to look at the lines, cornerback, uh, maybe even safety if you really wanted to. But I think the Steelers have a chance of making it to the playoffs. It's going to be tough. I think the Ravens also have a tough you know, have a tough road ahead of them, even though they have, a de again, a decent schedule. They AFC North is tough. I think that they have a good chance of making it, but also at the same time, they have a lot of injuries on this team. And when you're missing pretty much every starter besides Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, it's pretty hard to make it to win games. So it'll be an interesting end to the season for the AFC North. It still could go anyway. The Bengals are still playing good. The Browns are playing decent. And the Steelers and Ravens are, you know, they're there. It's gonna be, it's gonna go down to the last game of the season for the AFC North. We can stay with one of our co-hosts' favorite teams, the Eagles. Get a win, Minshew Mania. You can have the floor, Patrick. Is there QB controversy in Philadelphia? I don't think so. I do not think so. And this was, that was the exact conversation, exact question they asked this morning on sports radio. Is there a QB controversy? No, I do not think so whatsoever. I think Gardner Minshew knows exactly what his position is on this team. He played fantastic. Like he genuinely, like he looked like a star yesterday. In my opinion, he was extremely accurate. His, I mean, the, the game plan worked exceptionally well for someone with his ability uh, and that's not discrediting Jalen Hurts. I think 
both of them are just two different quarterbacks. I think Gardner Minshew is mobile, but he's more of a, you know, stand of the pocket kind of, you know, kind of just rip apart defenses kind of that way. Whereas Jalen Hurts has a decent arm, but I feel like he's just more of a mobile Lamar Jackson kind of prototypical player. Uh, so I think, you know, yesterday we saw that, you know, we can, we saw how the offense, you know, can be perfected. I think it was a good learning moment for Jalen Hurts. I remember, oh, I think it was Nick Foles. When Nick Foles um, came in for Carson, uh, I guess it was last, what, 2018 or 2017 during the Super Bowl. It was like a lot of stuff that Carson saw from a different angle because Nick was a different player. I think the same thing is going to happen for Jalen Hurts. I think we saw what the offense can do when it's run by someone who can perfect the game plan. I think Jalen Hurts is on a great path. I think he's a good quarterback. He's still young. I think he's 23, still relatively young. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are quarterbacks that dominate it right out of the gate. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow is playing exceptionally well. Uh, I think they're, you know, it, all quarterbacks have different ways of going that, uh, going about their progression. I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I think he embodies uh, what Philadelphia wants in a quarterback. So I don't think there's QB controversy. I'm glad that Gardner Minshew can play like this. I'm really happy about that. Uh, I think it's good to have that kind of backup. I think we saw in 2017, that's the only reason we won the Super Bowl is Nick Foles was able to come in and, you know, lead this team to the Super Bowl after Carson Wentz had arguably one of the best almost MVP seasons I think we've ever seen. So I think the, you know, the Eagles played great offensively, defensively, they struggled massively. I think there was a lot of glaring holes that, you know, again, with the Eagles three picks in the NFL draft this coming April uh, Colts get, I think Colts are going to clinch that 75% on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like 74% or something like that. So three of those picks, I think two, at least two of those picks will be used on defense. I think you have older players on that defense. And as you get younger and younger, I think this team is going to be able to compete I mean, you saw with Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is a pure wide receiver one. I think the Eagles, when they can draft good players, those players can contribute right away. But they're also, you know, it's confusing to say the least. But nonetheless, it was a great win yesterday offensively. Defensively, I think there's just a lot of stuff that they have to continue to work on. And it's going to be a tough – it's going to be an interesting end to the season for them. I still think they might be able to just grind out a playoff spot but it's going to be a tough one. Manny, we can move on to a team with a, a five-game win streak, the, the Miami Dolphins. Now, not a very great win by any means against, against the Giants, and their five-game win their five game win streak isn't against, I guess, superior talent. You've got the Texans, Jets, Panthers, and Giants. Their, their one good win is – is the Ravens, but should we be thinking or talking about this Dolphins team as a possible playoff push, or is this just a, a little too late? I know they've got the, the Jets coming up as their next game, but then after that, it's three possible playoff teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I think just I'd agree with you there, just because again, I think it's too late, like you said, Connor, and they. They're kind of a tricky team just because they are five and seven, six and seven now. And um, again, but you look at the teams they've played, not the best of wins against, I guess, just lower end caliber teams. And again, you have the Jets coming up this week. They'll probably win that and they'll there'll probably be more talk about them possibly having a chance at it. But I don't think so. Um, I do like what they're doing, though, on on offense. I think Tua kind of turned it around is playing a bit better, more efficient is being a lot safer with the ball than he was in uh, those previous games that uh, we saw he had, that he struggled um, against the Falcons and against other teams before. So I think I like what he's doing. Uh, Jalen Waddle is, was a great, proven to be a great pick for them has a chance to um, break like the rookie receiving uh, record in like the coming weeks. He'll probably get that. And they got Devontae Parker back. I think their offense is, it's pretty good. And then the, their defense also has turned it around. I think we were all pretty disappointed um, from the start, from their start of the season, just giving up a bunch of points and not really playing like the defense that we saw 
um, or that they had the potential to be with guys like Xavier Howard, uh, Byron Jones, and uh, and Javon Hollins. Uh, is it Javon Hollins, a rookie that they picked? I think that might be their safety. Um, I apologize if I messed up his name, but he's also playing well. And overall, they're a, they're a decent team. But again, I think it's just too late. They kind of they, they left it for too late to really play to their potential. And now they're going to have a semi-average pick in the draft, which again, it will be actually no they won't have one i think though they traded it they traded that um but even though they have to just look to rebuild somehow this team add to it because i think they have a pretty bright future with Tua. i think he's not he's not as bad or as um overhyped as a lot of people think i like him i think that he fits the what they're trying to do there and going forward i think they'll they'll definitely compete a lot more next season in a, in a division that could have three teams uh, vying for that uh, for that division title. Now, the Eagles do have – oh, sorry, Connor, what were you going to say? Oh, you can go. Okay. I was going to say, yes, Manny, the Eagles do have that pick. So, obviously, I hate that they're winning now because I really want that pick to be a little bit lower. Uh, but nonetheless, I like this – I think the Dolphins, you know, I think they're a, de- I think they're a good team. I think they kind of found their identity – you know, Tua had, I think it was 8.1, it was like eight yards of completion yesterday, which is decent. I wouldn't say it's fantastic. It's decent, but that's also building off of their offense, which is kind of a shorter, you know, kind of basically just marginal and gradually get your way down the field with crosses, 15 yards, 20 yards, and kind of build it that way rather than having the big play offense, like maybe like the Rams have or the Packers have, where you have those you know, talented, really good wide receivers. Not saying that the Dolphins don't, but, you know, they're still young. Devontae Parker is a decent wide receiver one. I want to say he's fantastic. Jalen Waddle, again, first year in the NFL, he's doing he's doing really well. I think he, you know, I think he's going to have a bright career down in Miami. I think Tua as well. Tua's, you know, it's a tough case sometimes with him. Sometimes he looks like he deserves that number five pick and even higher, and sometimes – it looks like he may not have even been a first-round pick, a second-round pick, if that. So I like where the Dolphins are going. I think Brian Flores is a great coach. Uh, again, coming from the Belichick coaching tree, you know he was going to be well-prepared for a head coaching job. So I think this Dolphins team, they're hitting their stride right now. And, I mean, there's a real chance that the that – the, not the Panthers. The Dolphins sneak in as one of the top wild cards in the AFC – I mean, you think about it, the Titans are a team that, you know, will still end up winning the AFC South, in my opinion. But at the same time, the Colts are also there. The Colts are there. You could also say, uh, you know, the Bills are there too, whoever wins the AFC East. So I think we'll see. But this Dolphins team has a very real chance of getting a wild card. But like Manny said, I wonder if in the end they just got hot too late that may be a very real possibility and it's not even like to have a pick in this year's draft so it really does not matter but I think you know if they play bad I think if they continue to win I think it's going to be great for where the Dolphins I don't think they've been good in a long time they've always kind of been that you know third team that kind of like middling third team doesn't really move from second or first uh I think they you know I think I would want to see a Miami team back on in contention for playoff spots. I think that's the best. I think that's great for the league because you bring in even more fans. So I like where the Dolphins are going. I think they're on a great path, but I think they may have just hit their stride a little bit too late to be able to be included into playoff contention. Another team that I want to talk about is the Kansas City Chiefs. And it kind of is have they hit their stride? Is the question. They've just like the Dolphins have won five straight. But their offense still isn't, like, dominating. I mean, they scored 22 against the Broncos, 19 against the Cowboys. They did have a blowout game against the Raiders, 41-14. to Then they got the Packers, only scored 13, beat them without Rodgers, then scored 20 against the Giants. Even though this team is winning right now, are, are we still thinking it's that Super Bowl contending team or, or are there still tons of question marks around this Chiefs team? I think it's a little odd just because when you usually, usually when you talk about the Chiefs, you're talking about that offense and it's really the defense that is really kind of put into question. Like, can they hold up against the top offenses in the league? 
And now I think it's a little bit opposite. I think that defense, granted, it did start off uh, very poorly in the first three, four games, which is why they were losing games. Plus their offense hasn't didn't get hot enough for them to put up enough points. But now we're seeing their defense kind of shore up a little bit more. They um, they traded for Melvin Ingram from the Steelers, which just added uh, another pass rusher to that uh, to that uh, duo that they had in Frank Clark and um, Chris Jones. So I think that helped a lot. Even though their secondary is not the best, uh, they have some solid pieces with Tyron Matthew leading it back there. But um, that pass rush helps immensely when you have a, a suspect secondary and their linebackers are are okay. They're not the best, but I think that aspect of their of their team overall has been the more reliant as of late. I think they forced they're they're forcing turnovers, which um, it's just forcing other teams to beat themselves and puts them in a position where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to throw for over 300, 400 yards to win you games like he did in the past, which it was a given when you had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, yesterday, he'd even throw for a touch for a touchdown. He threw a pick and ran one in. So again, that does, that does not completely worry you at this point, but you hope that he kind of turns that on um, in these crucial last couple of games, because they have it, they do for sure have a shot at that number one spot, depending on how the game goes tonight too. Um, they're definitely in that play for that number one spot. And I think if they do get it, I think it'll just help them a lot more because um, we all know how tough it is to play at uh, Arrowhead. And if they have that other aspect on top to mask their iffy offense and their um, pretty decent defense, I think it'll only just help them even more to get to possibly another Super Bowl if, uh, if the cards play out as, as they'd like. I don't know if I would necessarily call this a win. This Broncos team looks awful. I don't know why they're even considered in the playoff hunt, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but Teddy Bridgewater looked like the worst quarterback I've ever se- I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, he just did not look like the Teddy Bridgewater we saw in the Vikings years and years ago. Uh, and obviously that's, you know, pre a couple of concussions, some injuries along the way. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater should be a court is a, is a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. I think the Broncos need to move on either by trading him and try to get some composite compensation or just outright cutting him because he's not, cut to play as a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. I think there's that, but also the point that the Broncos have one of the biggest, you know, disappointments of an offensive line I've ever seen. I mean, they were constantly giving up massive amounts of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. That certainly didn't help. I mean, I think Judy had like two catches. Tim Patrick had like one catch. Those are your, those are your playmakers. If you're not able to get, if you're not able to get targets to them and try to get them to, well, create plays like they're supposed to do, there's no hope for this team. I think this is a team in rebuilding at the end of the day. Uh, I think, honestly, I wouldn't say that they need to lose, but they need to lose. They need, they, they kind of have to, I mean, they need to be able to stockpile, continue to stockpile on good talent. I think this NFL draft is going to be one of the deepest uh, really in a lot of positions that we've seen besides, I would say besides quarterback, I would say this draft is extremely deep. I think there's a lot of places that the Broncos could upgrade at. I think the biggest thing is you need to find a franchise cornerstone at either on the defensive line to replace Von Miller, uh, or you need to find a good left tackle to protect whoever your quarterback is. Because no matter how good your quarterback is, if they don't have a good left tackle, he will never know when someone is coming to get him. So I think the Broncos have a lot of places they need to upgrade at. As for the Chiefs, it's just a team that looks disappointing from where we saw them a couple of years ago. I mean, we're talking about a team that was considered a dynasty a couple of years ago. I mean, they were they were unstoppable. Nobody could beat the Chiefs. They were just so good. And maybe that's just that, you know, teams have a lot of film on them now and they know how to attack that Kansas City offense or that Kansas City defense, which is has been especially porous this year. So I don't think I would necessarily call this a good win for the for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have beaten them 12 straight times. That's six years in a row. 
So I don't think I could call this a good win for the Chiefs. They need to be able to beat better teams than this. And the fact that they only have scored 20 times in the last, I think, two of the last five games on their winning streak, that's pretty, it's pretty piss poor, in my opinion. Moving over to a team that hasn't won until yesterday, the Detroit Lions. I don't think there's a, a ton to talk about besides just say congratulations. I think seems like most people like uh, Dan Campbell, their head coach. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to not like the guy. It seems like possibly he's the right guy for a, a complete – rebuild we don't know it'll be interesting no one expected anything of this team thus far but just a congrats to lions fans it doesn't take away your your draft uh position which is good so it's you need to win you need to uh, get a moral victory and i'm obviously okay with it being against the vikings as a packers fan but i wanted to talk about a team that didn't play yesterday the carolina panthers and some news broke. I think it was around 1.20 p.m. They just had a news dump, and they're like, hey, everyone, we, uh, we, we fired Joe Brady, our offensive coordinator. And for a while now, I've, I've been kind of confused. And sometimes like, oh, maybe Matt Rule's getting it. Maybe he's turning this, sh- this ship around. But then I, I get more confused because it seems like the Panthers make moves constantly and then they hit undo on those moves they did it they signed teddy bridgewater three years 20 million a year they hit undo gave up on him they go out against arnold they hit undo they got rid of camel one point bring him back hitting undo and it's just it's it's continually odd to me i was wondering where you guys sit with this panthers team how long will you give matt roll is i mean i don't think anyone was expecting them to make a huge leap this year so i don't understand why they need to always be readjusting constantly you know what's funny about that is um that is that i think everybody kind of expected them to to make a leap this year i think from what we saw matt rule in his first in his first year it kind of gave you some hope like there was something there uh this this is a guy that could possibly stick around for for longer than they've had before and then this year, when they start three and zero, four and zero, or something like that, then you're thinking like, "Wow, yeah, this this is the year that the Panthers finally seem to have their guy at quarterback." Matt Rule improved the defense, and it's playing. It was playing great initially, and it just seemed like they they could possibly, f- for a moment, challenge the uh, the Bucks, give them some trouble in that division, even though they were probably going to end up winning it anyway. But but then it just the wheels completely fell off the uh, the car there, and then Sam Darnold started playing bad, and because of that, the defense is on the field more, giving up more points, making them look bad. Even though I think they're they're pretty solid if they they weren't on the field for over like half of the time. But even still, <clears throat> with Sam Darnold, I think it was the right, in my opinion, it was the right move to bench him and try something else out. But that move to sign Cam again and play him for one for a couple games blew up in their face, like you said, Connor. And now you're in this state where you're like, where you're thinking, well, what do we do now? Where they have, they have a decent, they're, they're not near the bottom of the league in record, but they're not, no, I don't think anyone's picking them to make the, the playoffs now, just based on the way they're playing. So they're in a weird position now where they, again, they have to possibly look for another quarterback where that, if that'll be trading for a guy like Russell Wilson or something, Deshaun Watson, um, they were saying well, the whole offseason that he was probably, uh, that'll probably be the more likely of destinations he would go to, but you you never know if he'll end up playing or how that'll be resolved. So again, there's just a lot of question marks where um, this year started off where it seemed like the Panthers seemed to just got get everything right. And then it just completely flipped. And again, now I think after this year with Matt Rule, and that firing of Joe, um, Joe Brady, I think it's just, again, another question mark that you have, like you said, Connor. And their offense, um, initially, I don't think his schemes or his play calling was really the issue. I think most most of the time people people tend to blame like the scheme when players are doing bad. But sometimes it's the opposite, where the player might not be as good as you thought in the case of Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. And they're just making the coordinator look bad. So I didn't really get that move either. Um, whoever gets him will be extremely fortunate to get somebody like him, um, in my opinion. So 
for the Panthers, I think they're just in a bad position right now where um, they're going to have to initially start over next season and find their, their guy again. So I'll say this right now, the Panthers are currently picked not, they're currently supposed to pick ninth. That's Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, who we really haven't heard anything from this season. I literally have not seen any reports from him since beginning of the season. However, you know, you talk about the Panthers trying to rebuild. They have one pick in the first four, first three rounds. That's terrible. You know where those picks went? Sam Darnold. You know who's probably rejoicing right now that they have those second and third round picks? The Jets. I think that the Panthers just, they they shot themselves in the foot. I think that Sam Darnold now, obviously hindsight's 2020. We didn't know if Sam Darnold was just not right to be in New York. He just didn't fit with their scheme. But now we know he can operate in the NFL. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback, as good of a quarterback as we thought. But I think right now the Panthers really, either they have to find a new GM who can start over and just realize, hey, we got to hoard these draft picks. Uh, we got to hoard them. I mean, because we got to rebuild. We got to find good players. Because when you have players like Brian Burns, who's a great defensive lineman, I think he's one of the best, best young ends in the entire league. I think J.C. Horn's a great cornerback. I think bringing in Stephon Gilmore as well is a great pickup. Uh, Robbie Anderson as well, D.J. Moore, Christian McCaffrey. That's a lot of names that the Panthers have that right now they're just wasting. Uh, and I don't know if you guys saw two weeks ago with Brian Burns, but, I mean, he was completely going into his defense. It, it was good to see that kind of, you know, that I don't know what it – I don't really, I'm forgetting a word now, but it was just good to see, it was good to see someone step up. That's what I'm trying to say. It was good to see someone try to step up, but the Panthers have to, the players need the GMs, the coaches, whoever to step up and find players who are not going to bomb like Sam, Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater did. They need to, they can't give up on players too that easily. But for right now, the Panthers nine pick, supposedly going to pick Malik Willis from Liberty. I don't really know what else. I honestly have no idea what their other needs are, to be completely honest. Uh, but, I mean, they got to – either you got to do it from the lines out, build from the trenches out, uh, and and find your quarterback before then or flip-flop. But they got to just figure out something. I think Malik Willis is a good quarterback. I've, you know, I've been able to watch a couple of his games – I think he's great. I think he's a great mobile quarterback, and I think he'd be good with Carolina. But the fact of the matter is, Matt Rule will not last in Carolina beyond next season if they are not in the playoffs. If he, they do not make the playoffs by next season, Matt Rule will be looking for another job, whether that be in college again or in the NFL somewhere else. But that's just that's just how it's going to be for the Panthers with a team that Christian McCaffrey is getting older He's getting more, he's getting injured and injured every more and more every season. So you know he's not going to last that much longer in the NFL, which is sad to see. But the Panthers got to find something soon because their Super Bowl window is closing every single season. Yeah, and I I didn't love the Matt Roll hire, to be honest, but I, I thought it would it just doesn't seem like there's a plan, to be honest, at times. It's just continually doing stuff that contradicts previous moves it's like he, he they can't buy into to one one land they're always going back and forth on their decisions i think that's just a little odd i'm not saying that you shouldn't readjust when you realize you made the wrong decision but it's it's like constant wrong decision after wrong decision moving forward to the playoffs it's been an interesting year it's going to come down to the wire there's Still a bunch of teams that are in playoff contention. And I think it's it's going to continue that way all the way until week 18 of this NFL season. And I thought this week we could talk about each conference and pick a team that's currently in a playoff position that we think won't actually make the playoffs, which 
I don't know how you guys feel if you guys want your teams to make the playoffs this year or not, but both your teams are sitting as, as the, the eight seeds. So that would be, that would possibly be good for you, both your teams to, to squeak into the playoffs, but let's start in the AFC Manny. What is the team that you think is currently sitting in that playoff position, but by year end will not be there. I think definitely for me, it has to be the Bengals. Um, uh, the top four teams, the Patriots, the Titans, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, I think those are pretty much not set in stone, but I think they'll definitely be there. The Bills, I can't see them not making the playoffs. Uh, that'll be a huge disappointment if they, for some reason, don't make it. The Chargers, I like them too. Um, they've convinced me, but again, the biggest thing is is that the, the Bengals just haven't convinced me uh, enough to have them as a lock there. I know they've beat us twice and they've played in a lot of, in a lot of other close games um, and they have been good teams, but um, they just had a great game with the Chargers too, um, but they just couldn't get it done against them. And uh, even though they blew us out uh, last week, they're still the team that the Browns blew out by a lot at in Cincinnati. And they're also the team that lost to the Jets. Um, again, they're just one of the more inconsistent teams, I think, at this point in time. And just like the Steelers, too, uh, just a lot of inconsistencies, which is why they're seven and eight right now. Um, to, for me to really lock them in as um, as a playoff team at this moment, even uh, the Colts, who are sitting at seven and six right now, they could even make it above the Steelers and the Bengals. So um, that's a real possibility at this moment. But again, I think those six teams above the Bengals, I think they just bring a lot more security. And I think they know their identity a lot more than, than the Bengals do where sometimes their offense just isn't clicking or they don't know if they're going to run it a lot more with Mixon or if they're just going to pass their way out of the game with Joe Burrow. Um, I think there's just a lot, a lot of uncertainty there and too much inconsistency for me to, to have them as a lock um, at this point. Who do you have, Patrick, as a AFC team that's not going to possibly make the playoffs? An AFC team that I don't think is going to end up making the playoffs, in my opinion, is the Tennessee Titans. I think we talked about it earlier. Uh, Derrick Henry is obviously not going to come back till the last week of the regular season, maybe the playoffs. I'd, if he's if he's going to be back and they make the playoffs, he's going to wait till the playoffs. But when you're missing A.J. Brown – Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, your top three weapons. Ryan Tannehill isn't playing the greatest uh, in that. And that Tennessee defense is, you know, has had issues at times this season. They're on a two-game win losing streak right now. This team might end up go, might end up losing a couple more games on a streak. And I don't know if you guys have watched the Colts' uh, hard knocks. That's a team that is dangerous. I mean, you look at Jonathan Taylor. I think, oh, man, this is a hot take. Jonathan Taylor is what Saquon Barkley, what everyone thought Saquon Barkley was supposed to be. I would I agree with that. I'd say that's a fair comparison. They're both, you know, they both come from proud, you know, colleges with great running back history, Wisconsin and Penn State, uh, both, you know, a bit short on the shorter side, but I mean, they're massive dudes. I mean, they could, I mean, they'll probably kill all three of us, honestly. Uh, it, but I think Jonathan Taylor, the biggest thing that he has, which is something we didn't expect to have is he's healthy. The man had what two, 2000 yard rushing seasons at Wisconsin. And that was the biggest thing. Everyone was like, he's had a ton of success in college but he's going to not last that long in the NFL. Whereas we said with Barkley, he could play till he's 30 something. I think that comparison switched. Honestly, I think Barkley may be the one that go that ends up having to retire first, just because he can't keep up with the demanding play of the NFL. And I think Taylor, I mean, with the way this Colts team is going, they have a very solid chance at making it, as a division winner, I think with the way the Colts are playing and with the with the way the Titans are playing, this division is going to flip and the Titans may go on a slump the rest of the season, just depending on when you're able to get A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back. I think both those picks are are very good. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that could just find their way 
out of the playoffs out kind of not out of nowhere, but just unexpectedly be sitting out of the playoffs. I think you can make an argument about the Chargers missing the playoffs, but I think right now I feel like the Bengals are heading out of the playoffs, like Manny said. I think their their remaining schedule, there's just no easy games. Their next two, I'd say, are their easiest. You got 49ers, Broncos, but they're losable games. You can't just show up and, and expect to win them. It's not like the Texans or the Jaguars where you can just be there and you're most likely going to win. You've you've then you've got Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns. I think just that remaining schedule isn't isn't the easiest by any means. I think they can make the playoffs, but I could also easily see them out of the playoffs. Moving over to the NFC, I feel like the top four feel like they're stuck in place for the most part. I would be interested to hear if you guys have an argument for those teams not making the playoffs, but out of the NFC teams. You can go first, Manny, again. What is, what's a team currently in a playoff spot that you don't think will be there in January? I think for most of the year, we said that the AFC, I think, is a lot tighter. But this is I think this decision is a little bit harder for me just because um, you have the Rams who are 8-4, and four, who should more most people would think would be leading their division, but they got to deal with the Cardinals, who are an impressive 10-2 and two in first. So – it just limits the amount of teams that I think could uh, be out of it. I think the top five teams are really a lock right now. They might shift between themselves, but I think it's just those last two it, with Washington and the 49ers that are, that are my, that intrigue me the most really. And I think the one that I probably won't get in, the one that has a higher possibility of not of being out, I think would be the football team just because of the fact that I think um Correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick. I think that the Eagles play them twice in the next in the coming weeks. So I think just for that reason, I think that if the Eagles win both of those, both of those games and they get other games um, for Washington to lose, I think that's the that's the best situation that could happen for the Eagles to make the playoffs, just because they have that head-to-head, those head-to-head matchups to play in. Whereas the 49ers, they're the third best team in that division. And I think have to depend on other factors to kind of make it other than winning themselves, obviously. Um, But I think just the fact that the football team and the Eagles play each other in the next coming weeks twice, um, I think that makes it a lot higher of a possibility for the football team to lose those games and find themselves in eighth or even ninth place if they, if everything goes wrong for them. Yeah. I'll say this. I think if the Eagles win these two games against Washington, which is this week, then the Eagles play the Cowboys. Um, finish out that series. And then the Eagles play Washington again. I think if the Eagles win those two games, Washington will be eliminated from playoff contention. I don't think they'll make it into the playoffs. Now, granted, like you said, the AFC is a lot tighter. The, what, the NFC, however, most of the second place teams are five and seven or six and seven or six and six. Uh, I think the Rams are the only ones that have like a decent record at eight and four. Uh, they're guaranteed. I'm pretty sure that the Rams will get the top wild card uh, in this year, in this year's playoffs. I think the race is going to be for that second and third wild card spot. I think the Vikings have a chance. I think the Rams or not the Rams, the 49ers have a chance. Excuse me. Uh, I would say Washington and the Eagles also have a chance. You could say the Vikings as well have a chance at, at getting that second or third wild card spot too. I think that the Eagles have a very easy road, easy quote unquote, rest of the way towards winning this to not winning a Super Bowl. That'd be crazy to making the playoffs. You have Washington, who's been up and down. You have the Cowboys, who have struggled at times this season, but the Cowboys have had the Eagles numbers number the last couple of seasons, unfortunately. So I think that it's going to be interesting. There's a lot. I mean, I'll, I would love to say Washington, but Manny already said it, but that's a, I would say that's the best team. I think the Vikings are probably going to be a team that gets left out just because they are not playing at a high standard right now. And they need to be able, they need to rebuild. They need to rebuild. We talked about this, uh earlier i think a couple weeks ago but the vikings need to be able to rebuild they need to admit that they are not a good team they need to build around justin jefferson they need to build around 
Dalvin Cook. They need to build around Adam Thielen. And even even then, Adam Thielen's getting older. So I think the Vikings would be my second team to get left out, but I would definitely say Washington has probably the best chance of being left out of the playoffs just for the simple fact that they have to go go up against the Eagles the next two out of the next three weeks. And I think I'm pretty sure the football team has struggled against the run, and that's what the Eagles do best. Washington's remaining schedule is, is pretty interesting. I mean, it's all divisional opponents, the Cowboys twice, the Eagles twice, Giants twice, and then another team. I, I do agree. I think those top five teams are probably going to stay unless something radical happens. Then the 49ers have Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans, Rams. I mean, I don't think one of those uh, either or um, schedules is much more difficult than the other they both have interesting opponents and uh both winnable and losable games by any means i mean the the 49ers probably have a little bit easier road i mean you got the texans i say that's a for sure win falcons you should be able to win and then the other three are kind of toss-ups where on the other end the the football team has five well four toss-ups and i'll say they beat the giants but I would say the football team would be out out of the teams left. I, I agree with you guys there, but I, I think it's going to be interesting. And the AFC, I think, is going to move a lot more around compared to the NFC. But looking forward to about three hours later tonight after this uh, current time of recording, Bills versus Patriots. We can go around, give our picks, what we think about this game. I I never thought I would say this, but – I. I mean, this is just more fantasy related than anything. I have three um, players left to play, including a defense, and they're on the Patriots in fantasy, and I really need to win this week. And the other guy has two Buffalo players. So I I, I always cheer for the Bills or the Patriots, except tonight. But I also think, talking about more football stuff instead of fantasy stuff, I, I'm going Patriots mainly because I think the defense is, is going to be able to confuse – Josh Allen, I think Belichick's going to get a great game plan going. I don't think it's going to be total domination by any means, but I bet they get two turnovers tonight at least. Uh, a good number of sacks, three-plus sacks possibly. I mean, I could be completely wrong and the, the Bills dominate because everyone's talking about the Patriots, but I think the Patriots or defense is going to be able to take over this game at points, and Mac Jones is – going to show us that he can just do what needs to be done. He's not going to be spectacular, but he's going to, you know, not lose in the game, which is all he'll need to do with how that defense is playing. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm also going to go with the Patriots. I've been on this Patriot bandwagon since they were like five and four, and I think they're just still they're maintaining that level of play up until the, these next three weeks where they play the Bills twice starting tonight, and I think two things that just jump out at me is that well, one thing that plays into the Bills' favor is that they are at home, so that that's an instant benefit for them. They don't have to travel to New England. Um, but another thing about the Bills, which is a negative, is that um, well, two things about them is that they um, the run game on offense is just basically non-existent. And if that's and that being the case, I think it just plays more into what New England wants them to do. It's just have Josh Allen throw for over 40, 40 attempts and just giving them more, more chances to pick them off, having him make mistakes and confuse him, like you said, Connor. Um, so that's one thing. And again, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills, they lost Tredavious White, which is a huge blow. And even though Mac Jones will most likely not throw you or win you a game with his arm, throw for over like 300 yards, he won't make mistakes uh, where a guy like Tredavious White would force him to do that. And without him being there, he might throw it more. But again, I don't, I don't see that being the case. And I think they'll just run this Bills defense into the ground with those three running backs that they have there and really just control the pace of the game um, a lot more than the Bills can. And that way they'll keep Josh Allen off the field. I think they just have more beneficial factors that play into their game style for them to take this win um, tonight over the Bills. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be a very, you know, I don't think it's about the offenses as much. I think it's about which team's defense is able to dominate the other's offense more. 
I think the Bills have a good I think the Bills have a better offense, in my opinion. I think with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, uh, you know, I think they have a better, I think they just have a better offense. Cole Beasley as well. Uh, and they have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, you know, I think they have a very solid chance of being the better offense. But the Bills defense is missing their number one corner. Tredavious White is missing from today's game. He's out for the season. Uh, but luckily, the Patriots don't have any good enough wide receivers. I think, you know, Jacoby Meyer and Nelson Aguilar are decent and Kendrick Bourne are decent wide receivers. But I don't think they would pose enough of a threat to the Bills to say, oh, this this might be an issue. I think they're going to give the Bills a bit, you know, they're going to give them a good time. But I think the Bills come out of this one just because they also get Starla Tui back off the COVID-19 list. So they bring back some of that defensive pressure that, you know, maybe they had missing, they've been missing on the quarterback. And, you know, let us remind, let us remember Mac Jones is still a rookie. He's been a great rookie so far at quarterback, but he is still a rookie and he will make rookie mistakes. And I think the biggest thing for the Bills is to be able to capitalize on that. So I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, and I think that second game between them is going to decide who wins the AFC East. But I think it's going to be the Bills. I do think it's going to be a great game tonight. And hopefully it lives lives up to the hype. But uh, I'm excited to see how the, how the playoffs turn out. We've only got a couple more weeks left. It's December football heading into January football. This is when uh, it really, really starts to matter in the NFL world. So... Thank you for listening. As always, the first in Moose presented by U92 The Moose. It's been Connor, Manny, and Patrick. You catch us next week.